The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome again to the Healthcare Wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and I've got with me Triple B himself, Mr. Peter Balistrieri. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Peter? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, how are things uh, shaking out these days? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. This is number five, and we talked about last oh. week we were wrong. I was wrong. I said something that it was about paper, but you guys probably tweeted us in between, and we probably saw it. It's, it's actually knock on. Wood, yes. fifth anniversary, wood. so this is episode five, and yes. so the traditional gift here would be wood, so. Yeah, well, all I got is that we have this microphone on this sturdy wood desk, and we're coming <laughs> to you from this wood desk right now. That's good enough for me, Peter. I, 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 I appreciate the yes. gesture, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I can have it monogrammed next time, so. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll find a way, maybe you guys listening can tweet us a picture of a wood gift that you've received for your fifth anniversary, and tweet us at HealthcareRap. Visit us at healthcarewrap.com. You got it. You got it. Give us a good a subscribe on the podcast. If you're on iTunes, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. My favorite podcasting app right now is called Overcast. Oh, yeah. It, it lets me set up playlists. It lets me find relevant podcasts a lot easier than on iTunes. My goodness. Like, try <laughs> to find the right thing there. So, a little shout-out for Overcast. Absolutely. And you right. guys are listening can help us out, too, there by giving us a quick rating and review if you like what you've heard. If not, let us know how we can improve. I yeah. mean, yeah. Totally open to that. Yeah. So that's what happens by the time you get to episode five. I mean, not everyone gets to episode five. Let's just be frank about it. Well, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. This has been a, an amazing experience. It's my first podcast, and doing this with you has been easy and fun experience, and I hope you guys out there listening to us are enjoying it. And again, I want you guys to be nodding your head saying, yes, I have that issue, or yes, I know how to fix that. The key here is communicate with us. You can do it on Twitter and on, on uh, our website as well. So please do that at healthcarewrap.com and at healthcarewrap on uh, Twitter. So please do that. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. And we shouldn't neglect LinkedIn also. I mean, we both, yeah. we're, we're out there. We're, you we're can posting find us. stuff all the time. Yeah. We actually often base our episodes on conversations that we've either had and posted out there already or things that have come up as we've talked about other things there. So yeah, LinkedIn's definitely a great source for us as well. Yeah. So we're going to start off here with a quick little uh, news uh, article. The Olympics just wrapped up. Yes. And, Easy uh, for you to say. Uh, boy, sometimes not so much. But this article really just stuck with me because it was all about da-da-da, analytics, data. It was from ESPN.com. It was a U.S. Olympic Committee analytics worth their weight in gold. Lovely pun there, but it talks about the USOC. It's kind of a history of how the USOC, the U.S. Olympic Committee, has chosen how to distribute its funds to support athletes. 
know, obviously the USOC's goal is to have our athletes give the best showing at the Olympics, win the most medals at the end of the day. Uh, they typically have about a $50 million a year budget apparently to cover, it says, uh, 39 national governing bodies to support athletes. And they've typically, just over the years, have just distributed that money uh, subjectively the way they've wanted. Uh, it says officials responsible for various sports, tracked events, talked with coaches, then pitched plans to their bosses for giving out funds. It goes on and, and it quotes uh, their, their senior director of high performance, Finbar Kirwan, who said, uh, we are slowly evolving from gut feel to data. That was regarding how they spent and allocated this training budget. And then it, it goes in and, and talks more about how over the last two Olympic Games uh, said the revolution accelerated after London in 2012 when in the throws, discus, hammer, javelin, and shot put. Only 13% of American athletes performed better than they had at the trials six weeks earlier. So the base, they, they go on and explain that instead of just handing out money wherever people gave a good case for it, they were able to track athletes from the Olympic trials until the actual games who had basically peaked during the trials and who was most likely to have a chance at a medal if they received some extra training. So that $50 million a year budget went towards the best tools, the best toys, the best trainers, those additional things to help get people over the edge. And it was fascinating because it, it goes on and on, and, and the rest of the story is that it works. What you said in the beginning of this little part here was the key to this whole thing. You went past it pretty fast, but I wanted to bring it back because what Jared started with was, I think, what a lot of us as marketers oftentimes will gloss over. It's what are the goals, right? And, and he started with, I think you hit two of them. I can't, now, I know one was, right, gain, gaining more medals, and what was the other one? I can't remember what it was. It was just said. improving our, like, giving our athletes giving their best showing. Yeah. Overall. So, right. So he started with two key goals were intrinsic to what this using data was for and what they were going to spend this money on. So my point on this is just to make sure that you always have that as your North Star and, and what are your goals. Because I think if you can illustrate that, if you can identify that, if you can communicate that, whether it be your program director, your chief of medicine, your director of marketing, any of those or all of those, then they at least know that you're working towards something and you're not just kind of marketing to market. And we talked about that in the last episode was what are we actually marketing? And we identified so many things, but I think that's another thing that you can do for yourselves to keep the madness from occurring is what is your North Star? What are, your, what are you ultimately trying to do? right? Is it that you want a more education? Is it that you want people to know more about a particular procedure? So you can't do it all in one message. So you got to start sniper shotting down on something. And I, I just love the way that you started that off because it was quick and you gave two bang bang things that you, they wanted to get out of this. And I just wanted to bring that up again because I thought that was amazing. Glad you didn't let me gloss that over fully because that's absolutely the key of this all is just knowing those goals right off the top of our heads. Yep. So excellent. All right, well, we're going to move right into our segment called Rap Battle. Rap Battle! Which is where we do battle on an assumption that's been, frankly, holding back healthcare. Sometimes it has to do with marketing, sometimes it doesn't. And today's the assumption that we're going to challenge is an interesting one, I, I think, because it, it goes well beyond marketing. But the thing we're going to challenge today is that doctors are the enemy, essentially, <laughs> yeah. to marketers. Yeah. That, oh, they just get under our skin. They're keeping us, you know, from uh, from doing our job, which, okay, the marketer's job at a health system, at least, is to typically market the doctors. Right. So, so this is kind of a, how do we help doctors help us to help them? Right. So 
you know, I'll just throw a couple things out here and, and yeah. would love to hear your thoughts on this, Peter. The, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, are we culturally, as marketers, are, are we too jaded and cynical about what the doctor's doing every day because they don't get back to us when we're trying to get their help with marketing them? Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of experiences on both sides of this where I've come away thinking, ah, you know, like, I'm trying to get this done, you know, and when I don't get a response on something or there's too much feedback from the provider that you think, ah, oh, you know, it just it gets you a little riled up inside mm-hmm. and take it the wrong way. So instead of that, you know, what if the times where I have tried to step inside the provider's world and empathize with them and walk in their shoes just a little bit, wow, that's gone a long way. When I start thinking about the world they're in, doctors just want to be left alone to treat patients. Right. Doctors just want to be left alone to treat patients and do what they went to school for. They don't want to have to deal with most of the time with the EHR itself, which is a whole other topic, you know, a whole other episode we could do on that, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, I could challenge some assumptions there on both sides. But the last thing they want to have to do is you know, a lot of heavy lifting. Mo- and I'll say this most of the time, there are plenty of providers actually who are gung-ho marketers who have figured it out and actually, you know, quote unquote, air, air quotes here, you'll get it yeah. about marketing mm-hmm. and absolutely are the ones driving the content, driving the marketing team to try different things, to live stream something, to post something differently because they saw it somewhere else, say, let's try Snapchat, you know, whatever. They're in the minority, but still, I mean, they're out there. So we don't want to neglect those. Uh, We actually want to lift those ones up as our rock stars and as the subject matter experts. I can liken it to marketing in other businesses, right? Where what if I'm, if I'm marketing a software platform, I need to know in the content, if I'm the marketer, I have to know the ins and outs of that software. And it's not just the features and benefits of it. It's like, Hey, who is it? Is there a testimonial or case study of someone I can talk to about that? One way or the other, I need a subject matter expert to be able to tap into their, their brain and sometimes into their heart and understand the story around that product. Uh, in this case, if I was talking about you know, a software platform. So in healthcare, typically the subject matter expert is a provider, someone else on the care team, a nurse, the office manager, anyone who sees the patient and or their families all along the way. So we got to treat them like subject matter experts. Yeah. We've got to treat them also at the end of the day as someone who did earn that MD after their initials, if they are an MD. And we joke sometimes, right, that I knew what does MD stand for? <laughs> the best. Not marketing degree. <laughs> marketing oh, director. Oh, my gosh. Let me do something again. And, you know, sometimes we joke that the MD after their name stands for marketing director. Yeah. And, you know, we, we laugh about it. And then sometimes I think the point here is that we are trying to help market them. Mm-hmm. So and there's a balance here to be had. So and that's that's my starting off point. I love I love that you ended with that because that was when I first heard that MD joke. I thought it was very apropos. But you're right. There are a lot of doctors out there that do get it. You know, if there's anyone out there that works for a medical college, I would love to know, are there any sections of, of a class that talk about how to give a good interview on camera from a PR standpoint, uh, how to write copy for social media. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of the doctors that I work with don't even know the first thing about it. And they're very nervous about it. You know, it's, I, I think it's so amazing, Jared, in some of these doctors that are doing transplants and amazing, amazing clinical high-risk surgeries and you put them in front of a camera that has a light on it for a newscast, and they like it's like deer in the headlights. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But how can we help them with that? How can we help them? Can we do a, a lunch and learn on how to do a proper interview? You know, are they teaching? So my point was, are they teaching this in medical college? 
You know, is there a class, like a one credit class that they can take? I, I don't know. I'm just wondering if that might be something that might be worthwhile. Or at the very least, you know, you talk to someone like Lee Acey has done at Mayo. He does theater style lectures where he can teach doctors en masse on how to uh, use social media or self-promote themselves. And I think that's the key here is getting a doctor to be comfortable with, or a provider as you said, uh, to be okay with self-promotion. Because by and large, what you said rings totally true and it has been my experience and, and what I've gotten the most success out of is connecting with this doctor on a human-to-human -human basis and showing interest in what they have to say. I've had the most success when I can take what they're telling me, laymanize it, and show them how I'm going to use that, that approach in some marketing tactics and objectives. And I think when you show interest in them and what they have to offer, you're going to get more out of them. And I, you know, that's that kind of help me help you help other people. And I, I can't say enough about that. The best way that I've worked with doctors is to show interest, is to show your face around the hospital if you're off campus. It's to kind of have an empathy for what they're going through, you know, and say, it might be as simple as, look, I know you have a lot of surgeries today, so you know maybe we can get back tomorrow or something like that. I mean, it's seriously, it's, it's those kinds of things that are going to endear you to these providers, and it's only going to help you in the long run. So I guess that's kind of how I, I've always approached it. But I, the key is to understand their book of business. That's a term that I love to use. It's not even just that doctor but let's say you're working with the division chief of cardiology, is to understand the book of business for that entire center of excellence. Are they more about transplants? Are they more about proactive approaches through cardiology? Are they more about cardiothoracic surgery? Are they doing, are they doing some major cardiac surgery kinds of approaches? Are they using new techniques? You have to get in there and get your hands dirty and understand what they're going through. You kind of have to be part of their group if you, you got to put your hat on. You put your hat on. I'm, I'm going to go to the heart center. I'm going to put my heart hat on now. I'm going to go over to, to orthopedics. I'm going to put that hat on now. You almost have to kind of jump into their teams. And so when they feel like you're part of their team, you're going to get more out of them. It sounds so simple, but I don't see a lot of people that do that. This is a great line of thinking. Do you have any just kind of quick tips on how to do that? Like how to, how to get a provider to see you in that light? I think it's I think it just goes back to what I was saying was it's physically being involved with that doctor and in terms of sitting down making some you know maybe making some ongoing meetings with him or her it's having a having a relationship with a practice manager or program director so that you're shying around and you understand what his or her goals or directions or strategies are for that entire program and it's a matter of being able to relay back to the provider what he or she has told you about a particular procedure or a piece of technology and allowing that to be done through marketing techniques and, and strategies. And I think the other thing is, is that asking a doctor for a patient story that may describe that particular procedure or piece of technology. Because I'm going to tell you, if there's a piece of technology and you want to market it, in a vacuum by itself, it goes back to what we said in a, in a podcast ago. You can put this piece of machinery on a billboard or an ad or, or a Facebook post or something like that, but that's at the end of the day, that's all it is. But how is it helping a child or a grandmother or a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad? When you add that human element to it, then that piece of, of technology or machinery takes on a whole new role, right? We've talked about 
robotic surgery, what that's done, and, and things going minimally invasive now, and getting back into your in your home to recover faster, and there's less r- risk for infection, and all those kinds of things. Those things take on a, a whole different life when there's a patient, when there's a loved one involved. And if it's a child, well, maybe it's, well, another family sees that and their, their child has it. Now they have a connection. It's like, well, that, that could be my Johnny or my Susie. And that is huge. And I think that's, that's another thing that gets lost is we just want to talk about the actual piece of equipment or the actual procedure in a vacuum. And that's what happens. It just it gets siloed and you lose the effect of it. Right, I I think those are that would be my tips at least on it. I like it. No, I appreciate that. I mean, that that's real world experience for sure. I mean, and, and uh, recent experience in terms of how to develop those relationships. So uh, excellent thoughts there. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to transition to our next segment, which is called freestyle. Freestyle. Where we kind of wing it. I love winging <laughs> let's, it. Let's be frank, we're kind of winging yeah, it here. Yeah. So we're going to pick a topic and we're going to improvise for a couple of minutes each. Okay. So last time we implemented the ever lovely and more noisy than I expected timer. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's back so, for a second round. Right? It is. It okay. is. So All right. Let, you so, want to pick a topic? Uh, so the topic is just going to be doctors. Oh, gosh. That's a nice broad <laughs> topic. I love yeah, that. Okay. So let's have you uh, select first. Okay. What do we got here? If you talk about doctors as if you're the doctor's family member. Oh, really? That's an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. As if I, as not if even I, just marketing, like just yeah. like what's it like? Like what do you think about this doctor who's who's in your family? Wow, okay. All right. I can do this. And go. Okay, so this is an interesting uh, aspect. I, I love this one. This is new for us, so I, I'm wasting time. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I think the, the having a doctor in a family, a couple things can happen. Depending on what kind of doctor it is, if it's a very specialized doctor, this won't a- apply as much. But if it's a, like a general kind of a pediatrician or something along the way, a primary care doctor... I feel bad for those for those folks because you know every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, it's well. I got this pain here, and when I move my arm this way, it hurts, and you know that kind of a thing. So there's that. But then there's of course there's specialized doctors, you know. And if it's a you know, let's say if it's a heart doctor, well, you know I've I've been feeling you know tightness in my chest, you know. But I I think so. Once you can get past that. I think having a doctor in the family is an interesting dynamic because they're often put on a pedestal, and I think rightly so. I will give a quick example. Any doc that I meet when I work and I do marketing, I always call doctor. Even when they say, well, call me Bill or call me Sue, I still call them doctor unless they are adamant about me calling them by their first name. They've earned it, and I think of doctor in the family, they have this respect level, and I, th- I think we should give them that, honestly. I, I mean, that's my opinion on it. So a couple things are going on there. And in terms of, I know some people that have doctors as dads and things like that. I think that that's another thing, too. They want to be looked at as a normal person, but oftentimes it fails. I think a family member can try to, oh, here's my dad, he's a doctor, and, and you know, you could try to kind of move off of it, but... I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not so worried about it. I think it's it's a natural thing. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I it's a great great concept, a great topic. Those are my two thoughts on it, at least my main two thoughts on it. So no, yeah. I like it because I, I'll <laughs> tell you, I sure don't think of it from that standpoint uh, when I'm day to day in the trenches. Yeah, marketing, working, you know, working on some content, or I mean, in my case, it's more on the analytics side, technology side, and I'm not typically thinking of them as if you know I'm a loved one. So I think that that was great. So yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let me pull another one out of the hat here. All right, it is patience. Okay, so how patience sees 
doctor. Right. Man, okay. Well, you go to Woo. a doctor, right? So I, are you are you ready for this? I think you just um, kind of pull your own experience, right? Or, I'll give it a shot. You, and you have kids, too. We've all got a shot. Kids, so we okay. got this. All right, here we go. And you're on. Okay, so how patients use a doctor. It can totally depend. Boy, this has changed a lot with how uh, patients are more empowered these days. So it could go one way or the other. I feel like it's a more informed view of the doctor. Just walk in the halls day to day here and reading what people write. Man, when a provider gets uh, featured on Facebook, for instance, the comments that people leave, you may be one of hundreds or, you know, a thousand, you know, patients for that doctor, but that doctor is the one you remember as, as the patient or as the family member of the patient. So, you know, that doctor and, and uh, usually the nurse involved, everyone who you saw more than once. Yeah, great example. Like my, my daughter came in and had eye surgery about a year ago, and she will always remember the name of that doctor, and he made her feel comfortable, and that's not easy to do. She was 12 years old at the time. Like, she was just, like, not feeling necessarily comfortable. This was surgery. He made her feel comfortable. We got a picture of him and her. You know, she was holding the teddy bear right before she got wheeled into the OR, yeah. and she'll always remember that. So I kind of, there's some hero worship going on that way. As far as I know, you know, the bedside manner was fine. So Mm -hmm. from her standpoint, she's going to see him in a different light than me from the the marketing standpoint. So there's that side of it. Now, the flip side of it is, you know, we can't always hold them, you know, everyone on a pedestal because things don't always go well. (laughs) Things don't always go right. And so we need to be able to still feel empowered to be able to ask the questions, Google the condition and feel comfortable bringing the data from my Fitbit or my Apple watch uh, into my appointment and say, Hey, like, uh, what do you, what do you do with this doc? And, uh, and go from there. So, wow, this was a challenge uh, one, but, but interesting. I love that. I love that what you're saying though, because I, I will say that in working with a lot of doctors, it's a generational thing, Jared, because some of the older doctors got really upset when a person would come in with a Fitbit readout or I, you know, I went on to WebMD or they printed out some stuff on what they think they have. And it's this kind of this, why are you challenging me approach? But there are younger doctors, you know what, and it's probably, there are probably older doctors that are fine with this too, and there's probably younger doctors that don't like this. So I'm just kind of giving you just a general sense, but there are younger doctors that were like, they take it, they look at it, and they're like, oh yeah, oh, this is cool. You know, I'll, I'll definitely look into this. And some will even put it in their file, you know, into a patient's file. So we're transitioning into a new world of, of patient-doctor relationships as well. I think so. You know, I think, you know, when we do doctors on Facebook, when we do Facebook Live with our doctors and and our providers, it's almost like, you know, a little high schoolish. It's like, oh, there's so-and-so doctor or that's so-and-so doctor. And, you know, there's the little emojis, the love emojis. And this doctor saved my daughter's life. I love seeing that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I just, I really love that engagement. So... You know, it goes both ways, honestly. I mean, well, one way or the other, man, the, the goal of this segment is to just build empathy for topics and ideas, and a uh, nice job on this one. Like, oh, yeah. uh, th- this Me was too. fun. Well, so that's going to kind of wrap up our, our thoughts of how to help doctors help us to help them. hope uh, you picked up some tips on that one. Definitely uh, tweet us at Healthcare Wrap. Hit us up there. Hit us up at healthcarewrap.com where you can check out all archived episodes and engage with us a little bit more. Find us on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you there. And on behalf of Peter and myself, Thanks to making it through five episodes with us. We're on our way. Yes. Would you like to listen to this next one? Oh, I put it. Oh, bad dad joke. There we go. All right. (laughs) See you next time. Take it easy.